Welcome to the Let's Talk podcast Life in Lockdown from the University of Edinburgh and Edinburgh Students Association, keeping us together and sharing experiences in this extraordinary period of social distancing. I'm Harriet Harris, the University Chaplain, and today I'm talking to Dr. Marty Balam from the Medical School and Nursing Studies about compassion, much needed at this time for ourselves and for others. Marty talks about equipping nursing and medical students going on to their wards, reminding them to look after themselves as well as their patients. And she describes what happened when she and her household fell ill with suspected COVID-19, how fear kicked in at first until she remembered what she teaches others about self-compassion. Marty also tells us about the Compassion Salon, an initiative she has created, which is attracting interest around the world. So Marty, uh, thanks ever so much for joining me this afternoon. It's sunny where I am and I think it's not where you are, is that right? Yes, I've just heard a bit of thunder out there, so <laughs> not great. <laughs> my word. It's not that you're miles away, but uh, very different weather systems anyway. Yes. Um, Marty, great to speak with you. And can you uh, introduce yourself to everyone, please? Yeah, so I'm Dr. Marty Balam, Marty, and I am uh, work in nursing and medicine and across the university in professionalism, well-being and compassion. Compassion. That's something we're needing lots of at the moment, Marty. Can you tell us a bit more about that? Yeah, absolutely. And I agree with you, Harriet. We do need lots of compassion, kindness and love um, to get us through this really difficult and challenging time. And it's something that I've been teaching and talking about for a long time at the university and with my colleagues um, across the world, actually, is that we need compassion more than ever. And we can see that in the small acts of kindness and the difference it is making at the moment across the world. And is it something... um... I mean, it must be something that you're wanting your students very much to be aware of, especially if they're going to be going out onto the wards. Uh, I imagine some of them are already. Is that right? Yeah, absolutely. So I have um, tutees, student nurses and medical students who are now out on the wards. And the most important thing, I believe, for them is to don their own oxygen masks first and keep well. And that's why, you know, for many years we've been talking to our students about self-compassion and looking after themselves. I often say as well to them, you know, you wouldn't let your battery run low in your phone. So don't let it run low in yourself. So now is a time for topping that battery right up um, and being strong for what we have to face because it's an incredibly difficult time and our students are so very highly skilled and professional that they really you know have got this but support and kindness is so important at the moment. And I bet most of us uh, can be better at looking after our phones than we are at looking after our own selves. Yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely agree <laughs> no. with that and our chargers and our, you know, absolutely. Yeah, we're quite vigilant about our phones, aren't we? Because yeah. we don't want them yeah. to run low yeah. and then we can yeah. run ourselves down. So are you applying self-compassion to yourself at the moment, Marty, in lockdown? <laughs> Well, what I have been doing, actually, um, initially I wasn't, which is interesting because I teach it and I stopped when I was feeling a little bit burnt out and thought, what are you doing? You know, you teach this and you, you know, advise your students about that it's absolutely essential to look after yourself. You must come first because if you do not, you cannot look after anybody else. So I was starting to get a bit tired, burnt out, anxious and all the things that happen to us when we start to get stressed. So I took a back step and started to write down the things that have really helped me. So I have started definitely being 
more self-compassionate and doing all the things actually that I speak to my students about. I'd love to hear uh, if you're happy to share the list of the things that help you. But before we do that, are you happy to say a little bit about the warning signs? So how can we start to notice that we're getting overwhelmed? Some of that might be quite personal. We all might have our own individual ways of noticing that things are getting on top of us. Yeah. Are you happy to say a bit about that? Absolutely. And I think often we feel it in our bodies because what happens when we're really stressed and especially at times like now is that we are on full alarm mode and uh, the part of our brain, which is like a little alarm called the amygdala in the back of our brain is really firing off at the moment because of all the stressful things that are happening around us and to our loved ones and for the people we care about. And when that happens, a number of things, as we know, happen to our bodies, which are an old evolutionary response. So our old brains, which sometimes is very helpful, um, start shutting down our thinking capabilities and we start getting stressed. So for me, I start to push away the very things that actually help me keep well. So I don't, I withdraw from pals. I don't ring them up. I don't have lovely baths and I don't listen to John Denver. (laughs) I don't watch Elvis movies. (laughs) And I push away actually from the things that actually fill up my battery, energize me and feel better. And I think, you know, whereas in the the past, when we were faced with a a troop of hungry bears, our brains would have got over that pretty quickly when the bears retreated. But our newer brains tend to ruminate and worry and catastrophize. And that is a dangerous loop to get in. But the self-compassion comes in then to help us heal from that and help us to feel better. Oh, okay. So can you tell us a bit more then about some self-compassion... tricks or self-compassion uh, practices that that you're using at the moment? Absolutely. Yeah, I absolutely can. And um, One of the most important things I've found is that there's a few times over the last few weeks that I've thought, I really don't want to do this. This is going to make me feel rubbish, whether it's work or wh- whatever it is. I just thought, I don't want to wash the pots right now. I don't want to have another argument with my teenage daughter. <laughs> so what I've decided is really helpful is that You just need to go with what's happening. And if you don't want to do something, ask yourself, do I really need to do this? And if I don't need to do it, just don't do it. You know, it's just not necessary at the moment. I've also um, got a poem, Harriet, that made me think of this about, um, can can I read that to you? I'd love you to read that. Thank you. Um, It's called Today by Jean Little. Today, I will not live up to my potential. Today, I will not relate well to my peer group. Today, I will not contribute in class. I will not volunteer one thing. Today, I will not strive to do better. Today, I will not achieve or adjust or grow enriched or get involved. I will not put my hand up even if the teacher is wrong and I can prove it. Today, I might eat the eraser off my pencil. I'll look at clouds. I'll be late. I don't think I'll even wash. I need a rest. <laughs> so I think the important I yeah, I think the important yeah. thing about that is it's okay to stop. It's yeah. okay to do nothing. So that would be my top tip. We don't always have to achieve. And when we are trying to achieve, I think it's really important to slow down and have purpose. Um 
I was listening actually to the radio last week and I can't re- recall who it was, but it was Stephen Fry. He said, slow down with purpose. So I suppose it's about being mindful and doing everything a little bit slower instead of rushing through everything. I mean, I am a busy mum with two kids working full time. So it is, there is a lot of pressure. However, there is still time just to slow um, um, things down, definitely. That's that's very helpful because purpose is a casualty of rushing, isn't it? Our sense of purpose is a casualty of rushing. Um, or, or a casualty of uh, feeling the pressure build up and therefore becoming sort of fixated with getting all the tasks done, which is an easy fixation at the moment because if we're working from home, maintaining a family, uh, doing all the chores and uh, trying to get to all our MS Teams meetings and follow up the phone calls and not miss too many emails, mm-hmm. uh, then we can certainly get onto that treadmill of uh ticking off all the tasks, um, as you say, pushing on through those bits where we say, I actually really don't want to be doing this right now. The push on through is quite dangerous for us, isn't it? If we can uh, see that sign, that because that, is, I think, is a sign that we're, we're getting overwhelmed and it might be time to just stop. Yes, um, a- absolutely, definitely. And you really do start yeah. to feel rubbish and you also start doing the things that aren't helpful like looking at the social media too much looking for bad news you know checking in on the news I think it's really important to draw right back be purposeful and start appreciating the smaller things you know a flower in the garden or having a nice bath or listening to a nice piece of um music I'm looking right out of the window right now at some yellow tulips and they are just beautiful and they give me a real sense of hope as well that we will get um through this and that's important yeah, really absolutely so those those signs of of joy and hope which nature is beautifully sending us at the moment because we're going into spring which is helpful isn't it yeah absolutely um, they're so they're so important at the moment aren't they i went out into the garden and noticed the dandelions which i would usually uproot yes but because they're so bright and yellow i think they're so cheerful so i purposefully left them <laughs> but connecting with connecting with our sense of purpose that it's it's hard to do when we're rushing and when we're going from one task to another we lose a sense of why we can lose a sense of why we're doing the tasks actually and become quite embittered about the tasks can't we yes. because they are uh overwhelming us uh, and making us feel out of control and making us feel exhausted yeah, so absolutely. slowing down and stepping back is a chance then to reconnect with something that's a bigger picture yeah I absolutely I absolutely agree with that because there are everyday tasks that everyone needs to complete and I was definitely getting a, a sense of getting up every morning you know feeding the cats trying to get my children out of bed for hours and hours and hours emptying the dishwasher etc 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 beating myself up at the same time which is a real danger actually that we say you know we're not doing enough we need to do more I need to learn Spanish I need to write a book we really need to learn to be gentle and speak to ourselves as we would to our um, to our pals, you know, and just just yeah. be a friend to yourself. Because for a lot of us who are on, are, you know, on that are on our own, um, we really need to be our own best friend at the moment as well. I think. Yeah, and I think actually what we are doing is bearing ourselves and others through a crisis. Yeah, absolutely. You know? So, and that's. Uh, uh, in a sense, that's full-time labour, 
however we're doing it, whether it's this, whether whether we're doing it uh, through lots of activity or whether we're doing it through stillness or probably most of us somewhere somewhere on that spectrum. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. what we are doing is carrying ourselves and others through a crisis, and that um, that that takes energy from us. And, it, no, and to I have that, that yeah. to, to be purposefully doing that is actually helpful. Enough. We, yeah. we, it's enough yeah. it's what we need to be doing and it's helpful to understand that that's what we're doing yeah abso- absolutely um, yeah. I agree with you I think we're doing you know that is enough you know sometimes it's enough just to sit up in bed <laughs> and that's what I mean about do you always you know ask yourself do you actually need to do this today and one danger I'm actually thinking about now as well is is two things. We push away the things that help, but also we do a lot of what ifs. It's a time of what if because we have no control. So we don't know what's going to happen next. So we can spend a substantial amount of our time going, well, what if this happens to my loved one? What if we never get out? And all these things that are fears, um, it's very difficult to get stuck in that. And that's why it's really important to bring and I find for myself to bring myself back to these small things that offer some sense of hope, you know, and a sense of moving forward somewhere, which of course we are, but, and it's these smaller, tiny things. And that's the important thing about compassion as well. It's already with us, you know, and we can already use it and we can, we have that capacity to be kind and loving and and to connect to other human beings and I think now is such an important time despite not having touch and being you know close to people as we would in the past we can relate in a different closer way and I've certainly seen that in the environment I'm in um small you know wonderful acts of kindness but just the tiniest thing my, my milkman brings the milk and he'd drawn a little smile he draws a little um smiley face on the milk bottle and I and I draw a little smiley face back you know and and that's it's tiny it's just tiny but it gives so much joy and I think that's the important thing it doesn't have to be a grand gesture or an enormous gift it it just a smile sometimes Mm. even if it's a (laughs) drawn smile it's sometimes there's also humor there's also humor in that and I think humor is, is really helpful at the moment isn't it yeah, there's a lot that's absolutely. quite serious serious that's going on so it's nice to have a bit of humor and I think Marty it, it's I'm very conscious that you're you're describing this reality for, for yourself having gone through experience of you and your daughters all being ill in the yes. home wondering if you had COVID and I think yes. that's that provides a very significant backdrop to to your experience of the lockdown are you happy to say a bit more about that yeah absolutely and I think I learned the most from that moments because we um sort of locked down and about a week later we all started coughing and feeling completely rubbish and I knew I had to look after my two girls and myself but I went straight into old coping mechanisms which are checking the news checking tweets for bad news trying to get as much possible information that I could um you know and I I I worried and I did a lot of what's ifs and Mm. I wasn't gentle to myself and I did beat myself up and that was really tough so I made a potentially of course that was a stressful and anxious situation and of course I felt like that but I didn't help myself you know in in some way so I I think the anxiety that that caused was very high and that caused me to start writing down well what's going to help you know and talking to friends well what you know, I thought, well, what would I do in the past? You know, I had a heart condition many years ago and got very, very um, 
obviously very anxious, but I thought, gosh, I'm doing it again. I'm reading the news. I'm looking up everything. I'm trying, and this didn't help before. Why would I think it would help now? I tell my students okay. not to do this. <laughs> so I think right, then, okay. it, then it was about going right. Okay, cut right back on the news. Instantly, I felt better. Mm. Instantly, that's, that's so yeah? interesting. That's Bonded so interesting. with the children. Mm. spent more time with them you know we watch endless movies and I think I suppose I always think in times like that is when I say we push the way the things that help we also it's really good in our lives to identify what are what I would call our soul food and it's the stuff that fills up our batteries and for me that is watching I have to be honest quite rubbish films Mm. But also Elvis movies, <laughs> Star Wars, mm. um, yeah. you know, doing listening to music, standing on chairs, singing at the top of our voices to Katy Perry's Raw. These are the, some <laughs> of the things that started to, to happen. And, and actually finding that stuff that makes you feel inside good is the stuff you have to hold on to. What, it yeah. doesn't matter, actually, what that is. It, really doesn't matter whether it's baking sowing seeds growing something whatever it is my advice would be just do it you know just do it if you want to do it makes you feel better it's a no-brainer yeah yeah so if we if we go through the steps in terms of understanding compassion uh if we um go through the steps that you went through and and tease them out so first of all you were unwell and your daughters were unwell and one of your daughters you had to get her to hospital didn't you yes and and so as you were saying that you know you went straight back into your coping mechanisms so first of all that's not surprising is it because that's a it's a frightening thing because you were the you were the sole adult in the house Mm -hmm. and you also weren't well yourself so you were feeling well below par but you had to know you had to also look after your daughters and and yourself so it's not surprising that fear kicked in so thinking back to what you were saying about the amygdala the alarm bells going off making you forget uh because your body's on high alert therefore your 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 cognitive function's not working as it would normally therefore you were forgetting about the things that help (laughs) is that right have I got that right yeah I I absolutely it's an interesting thing that happens because you go into sort of um well firstly I went into emergency mode you know I'm a qualified um you know a nurse as well and a professional but Mm. when it becomes to you being your own children there is a certain amount of adrenaline and panic happening where so what you do instantly is you don't think about yourself and when I'm we were all ill. The focus was absolutely on the children. And then what you, you know, as a mother start to do definitely is um, is deplete. And that was a really um, stressful time. But my, my um, a close member of my family had been very poorly in the past a year previously. And I was also alone with that. And that was incredibly difficult, the stress. But I remember, actually, it was something you'd um, said, Harriet, I think, quite a few years ago now about hugging yourself you know and I I I really feel we have friends and family and they give us you know they have our back and I didn't Mm. have anyone in this particular situation that had my back so I remember putting my back up against a wall and thinking Mm. it's okay the wall's got my back (laughs) you know and Mm. I felt better Mm. and I put you know put Mm. myself armed around myself and gave me gave myself a hug and I felt um much better so it's often it's looking for What's going to help me here? What are the resources? Because I'm struggling, you know, and of course I'm struggling. Mm. I'm scared. But how am I going to support myself and my children 
what what do what things do I need to put in place and mostly what do I need to stop doing I find that a lot let's stop ruminating let's stop looking at the news you know like building up that sense of catastrophization and going that black and white thinking from my daughter is unwell something absolutely horrific is going to happen okay yeah so So stopping yourself doing that that leap Yeah, and it's so a what that, if again. Yeah, yeah, the what if. So that's the fear mode, yeah. isn't it? That's and then the you pause and you notice you notice that it was happening. So that's the first step in compassion, isn't it? That you notice yep. that there's suffering, yep. and you don't judge it. So you switch off that judging voice of, "Oh, come on, you shouldn't be doing this." Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> you switch yeah, switch off yeah. the judgment yeah. and look for what helps. Yeah, and 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 be aware of what isn't helping. And so you yeah. apply what does help, and you yeah. don't apply what doesn't help. Yeah, that's and I think that's yeah, wisdom, that's isn't it? We yeah. learn yeah. what what from past experience. We learn what 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 is going to make me feel worse here. What are the patterns that I've used in the past of um, coping that haven't worked, and what are the ones that have? Let's draw on them. You know, and one of those, of course, is talking to friends. Who I mean, friends and family are brilliant at actually sometimes giving you perspective or saying to you, you know, you know that doesn't help. Okay. You know, yeah. Maybe so let's think of another way. Yes. Okay. And that, yeah. that, you know, all these things, mm-hmm. that's okay. These are all very mm-hmm. normal reactions to illness or fear and the unknown as well. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is about being compassionate to yourself and, and saying, you've got this. This is really rubbish. Of course, you're scared. Of course, you're frightened. But you, you, you've got this. You know, you, you're going to mm-hmm. be okay. Mm hmm. And the wall's got your back. There's a really and lovely poem by um, Mary Oliver, which is, I think she calls it loneliness, actually. But, and she's all alone. And she finds that, uh, I think it's a stone that supports her. So she reaches yeah. to nature. So yeah. it's finding, you know, lo- loneliness can be, or that fear of being alone, or the, or the situation of being alone, the problem of being alone and not having support, uh, can be met by... Uh, you know the wall in a house or a stone on a, on on a on a in a field or I find that uh, a really helpful thought because it means there is always something to reach out to. Yes, absolutely. Then there always is, and if you have faith, there are, you know it depends where it's about soul food. It may be about faith. It may be about spirituality, but it's what gives you comfort. Mm. You know what can help you right now, and what doesn't help is these negative. Um, thought patterns and what helps us with that is things like purposefulness and you know mindfulness and um just just slowing every day and sometimes it's just about sitting and being with the feeling you know because yeah instead of yeah. trying to make it go away I, I need to get rid of this I'm really really scared I'm really worried about my daughter I'm really I'm really really actually that's okay of course you know yeah sometimes yeah. you just need to be with that feeling yeah and we don't like to be because feelings like that are uncomfortable so we, we want to push them away but if we push them away they uh like a you know like a child that's pushed away they come back a bit louder yeah I so agree that, you're right to, to give them attention the, the attention they need because our feelings are there to tell us something aren't they so yes absolutely. give them the attention and then let them go you want to move it move it through the body yeah, I absolutely agree physical, with that. Feelings are physical, aren't they? And so you're going to be doing um, some teaching around compassion for nurses around the world because nurses are really uh, um, very stretched at the moment, aren't they? And just working uh, at full pelt to support um, patients in the pandemic and also also other patients who uh, we don't want to be forgotten about during the pandemic. 
and you're taking your compassion uh, insights um, out to out to nurses. Can you just tell us a little bit about that before we? Yeah, absolutely. And the thing about this is that you know, nurses, everyone that's caring for us right now does need a little bit of self compassion, and that's what I was saying about donning your own oxygen mask first. So I was delighted to be asked by Nursing Now, um, which is an organisation supported by um, the International Council for Nurses and the World Health Organisation, to improve the status um, and health of, of, of nurses. Uh, across the globe um across you know globally um so i've been given an opportunity to speak to via a webinar which will be interesting because i haven't done one before mm-hmm. <laughs> i maybe shouldn't admit that um well we're all we're all learning new tech stuff now aren't we yeah we're all in that sort of similar boat but um to talk about what we mean by compassion and you know what can help us in in these really difficult times and actually a shout out to say what about you? You need to look after mm. yourself because without you, without our carers and our nurses and our doctors, we're going to struggle <laughs> without yeah. a shadow of a doubt. We couldn't possibly, we, we couldn't possibly, possibly manage. Well. So we need them to stay well. Yeah, of course. And we need we need them as well, not only to do the work they do, but to model something for us, I think. Uh, you know, I, think, I really think yeah, the healthcare workers that, yeah. at the moment are helping us to know how how to be in a crisis because they're so calm and so focused and so diligent um and so uh much connected to their own sense of purpose aren't they yeah and i think with their kind of kind hands and compassionate touch with the patients they're they're in a sense they teach people how to be ill because it's important to know that (laughs) you know when you're ill you you you, we can be ill ill well and we can be ill badly can't we by by, in a sense refusing to be ill or uh uh or, or, or yeah so i think I think they really teach us how to be with ourselves as well. Yeah, no, I absolutely agree with that. And these, you know, importantly, these are highly skilled, um, trained professionals. And we mustn't forget that compassion is not a separate thing to that. You know, these things can happen together and do, of course, happen together. Skill, compassion, you know, there is a science of compassion. It's very important that we don't see compassion as the soft stuff. No. In fact, I saw a quote, actually, I think on Twitter about kindness is one of the most important medicines that we can give another person. Uh, I, you know, and there are there's lots of evidence that if, you know, somewhat a, a, a consultant or a, a nurse is um, even maintains eye contact or sits with a patient that, the you know, the patient feels a greater sense of well-being when we yeah. care about the people that we that we look after and it's not compassion isn't a, a a difficult thing you know the studies we've looked at that say it just takes I think I think it's 15 seconds but maybe it's 45 45 seconds maybe to you know engage in a compassionate encounter mm. but the mm. effects from that are profound so I think that's really yeah. important that yeah. it's simple you know but but complicated at the same time well, simple, but um, yes. but it, 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 we inve- we have to invest ourselves in it, don't we? Yes, that's but, right. But then we, uh, whatever you invest yourself in, you you receive back too. So, yeah, and I, I absolutely agree with that. And that's a very important thing about compassion is that it fills us up. When we are kind, we feel 
better. And that's a proven thing, you know, between even a mother and a child. When our child smiles at us, it makes us feel, it makes yeah. us feel, it, it, it makes us feel better. And that's all about these small acts of kindness do recharge our batteries. They, they, you know, th- th- it's not the soft stuff. It's and the I'd hard like to stuff. ask you, it's the hard stuff. I'd like to ask yeah. you just, um, just before we end, if you could just say a word about the Compassion Salon, which is a creation of yours and, and which has really caught people's imaginations. Can you just tell us what that, what that is before we need to Yeah, so, so the Compassion Salon is my soul food. Mm. Um, and I started it with a, it's, there's a quote that lives with the Compassion Salon, which is little by little, one walks far. And I think that's the same for all of us, really. But the Compassion Salon, is uh, basically it's a literary salon or speakeasy which is about creating a community around um new and established authors and poets um which is really important at the moment um whose work relates to compassion and well-being so it's um it's a little salon that's running um uh, in in a pub in in Leith at the moment but we're trying currently to get online but it's as mean to inspire and support and you know, before all this happened, it's really important, I think, to talk about compassion in terms of our increasingly challenging global community and what impact it can have on strengthening communities and belonging. Um, and that really was the philosophy behind the the salon. Absolutely. So it's going online in June. So it's, uh, yes, well, yeah, yeah. it's interesting because yeah. I am totally right. We keep all saying this, don't we? We're not tech savvy, but um, I'm trying to actually create a website. So it's de- it's going online on yeah. um, in June. Yeah. Yeah. With... Going online in June and then it'll yeah. be back. Uh, physically whenever we're able to be back physically but there are also people who are around the world who are interested in uh, spreading your idea so so yes uh, yeah bravo <laughs> fantastic yeah no it is it's, yeah. it's really yeah. wonderful and we've got some um, wonderful people um wanting to speak to us and yeah. you know it's just it's going from strength to strength and it it's is. just spreading compassion and that's the really to me the whole point that's great well Fantastic note to end on. Marty, thanks ever so much. Thank and, you. And uh, wish you well, uh, your, all your inspiration and uh, inspirational and practically crucial work as well in teaching the nurses and also our young medical students. Thanks, Marty. Thank thanks, Harriet. Bye-bye. And to you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you. <laughs> For the latest university COVID-19 advice and news, go to the University of Edinburgh website and you'll find all the links you need at the top of the homepage. If you would like to discuss any issues affecting you from this podcast or would like welfare support during lockdown, you can contact the university's listening service by emailing listening.service at ed.ac.uk. The listening service is run by the chaplaincy and is for all Edinburgh students and staff.